All right, we are back in the studio, Allie here, and I've got my sweet friend, Katie Gazaway. Katie Gazaway is a Spartan Smoothies ambassador. She just loves Spartan Smoothies, and we just love her, so it was a match made in heaven. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I am super excited to have you. Finally. Oh my gosh, we've been talking about this Keith and I for a little while like you have been on our list for um since we decided we were going to start interviewing people just so you know that's awesome and a lot of times it just takes me um figuring out that yes I can do hard things and that includes interviewing people uh so I'm so glad that you're here with us I'm so happy yeah I'm very honored to be here thank you guys for inviting me on the show yes so I want to know just a little bit just give us a little bit of background about you. I want to know how old you are. I want to know where you're from. I want to know what your family life was like growing up. Just give us a little bit of background into your life. Sure. Um, I'm 28. I'm from Plainville, Georgia. I actually still live in Plainville, Georgia. Um, My parents have been married for 34 years next month, actually. So um, got a little sister, really good family life. Um, I'm about to get married next month as well. Congratulations. Um, That's next month. Yes. The end of next month, we are getting married April 29th. We're very excited. I don't think I realized it was coming that soon. Yeah. Well, originally we said we were going to try for October, um, but there's so much good energy in April. His parents have been married a really long time. They got married on April Fool's Day. And then my parents' anniversary is April 5th. They've been married for 34 years. So we just felt like there was a lot of good energy in the month of April. We really wanted a spring wedding. So we just said, let's do this. Like we can make it happen. I love it. Um, Yes, of course. Yeah, it's been stress-free, too. It's been a great experience with my mom. It's been inclusive of his mom as well. So it's just been kind of like, it's been great planning all of it. Not really stressful. So I think I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, (laughs) it sounds like you are. Like things like that can either be as stressful or as relaxing as what you want it to be. And it does help when everyone seems to be on the same page. So it sounds like that everyone's on the same page enough that it can be a peaceful experience. I love it. That is so cool. Okay. Continue. It's been great. Um, I currently, you know, I personal train on the side. So personal training is not my first job. My first job is, um, I'm an e-commerce coordinator for a rug manufacturer or distributor. Um, we do, you know, lamps, home goods, stuff like that as well. So I'm sure you've heard of Wayfair.com yep. and Overstock.com. I handle all of our, all of our product on those sites. So, um, it can be a little tedious at times, but I really like it. I have a really good support system at work and, um, really love my job. Been there for five years this month, actually. Um, got promoted up into the e-commerce world and I really like it. I think our, you know, we're kind of swaying toward an e-commerce world in general. So I think I'm in the right field regardless of where my life takes me and learning all these things about the e-commerce platforms and everything's been really rewarding. Um, But yeah, that's what I do for work. So that was something that was surprising to me when I read that because I thought that personal training was your number one thing. I was like, oh, she, she does like something else full time. And then the personal training is on the side. Yeah. So actually about a year and a month ago, um, the guy that had trained me for so long, he took a job at workout anytime and he just couldn't keep a personal trainer under him. They just wouldn't stay. They'd come in and they'd leave. And he called me up and he said, you know, I really need somebody to come in here and help me that's reliable. And then I know we'll be here. And at that time I was like, you know, I really could use the extra money. That would be nice, you know, an extra source of income. And to me, it was just another accountability tool and, you know, in my tool belt. So I went and got certified and, you know, just started taking clients there, working underneath him. And he had already pretty much taught me everything I knew anyway. Um, So it was a really great experience. And now I've kind of branched out from working for the corporate gym to working on my own at Firehouse in Calhoun, um, getting my own client base going and it's a really rewarding thing for me but I, you know I also really like my full-time job too so I'm not sure what my future is going to look like um, but either way I know that I'll be happy um, but keeping personal training in my life has really been an accountability tool for me as well. I love that now have you always been into fitness like what were you what was it like for you as a young kid a teenager what was your activity level your nutrition I mean, it's dialed in now. We'll get to that now. But what was it like when you were coming up? Okay, so when I was a kid, um, you know, my mom dieted all the time. So um, she I love was, your mom. Yes. I, I met your mom before I ever met you yes. or your sister. Yeah. And it was like, 
when I put the, when I connected the dots that she was your mom, it was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's like this huge light bulb went off. I was like, well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. She talked very highly of you and, you know, we have a pretty similar story and she was like, you need to check out this alley girl. Like you really need to look into her. And I did. And it was like immediately like, I was like, oh my God, I, I love her. I love everything that she stands for, all that she's been through. It sounds so similar to what I've been through. And we've said um, so many times, like we're like soul sisters. Yeah. Like there's just something, it's so weird. We're like, are we the same person? Yeah. Like, even though I am significantly older what by like 16 years I think I'm like I feel like we're kind of the same age I call it spiritual age I'll even say that about my daughter sometimes I'll feel like that we're the same spiritual age even though I don't know it's just weird how how all of that universal stuff works yeah we're like were we sisters in a past life or something I know I I know like even our cats y'all you don't understand (laughs) our cats even look the same. Yes. It is the weirdest thing. I showed Keith and I showed Kara the picture of your gray cat that looks like our kitten. And they said the same thing I did. They were like, no way. Yeah. Their mouths just dropped open. <laughs> and that's exactly what my response was. I was like, how in the world does her cat look just like our cat? I know. And the black cat too. We both have black cats. It's pretty funny. You know, mom mentioning to me like she started bringing home the Spartanburg. She's like, you got to try these. They're so good. And so I did. And, I, and then, you know, I started following you. And I'd, I'd known Keith a little while in the Instagram world. You know, we followed each other for a long time. I don't remember a time where I didn't know who Keith was. Right. Um, but then I saw you and I started, like, just really, like, I felt inspired, you know, to to do more, you know, to make a little bit more sacrifices in my life, you know, get up at the 4 a.m. hour and get cardio done because that's when I have time to do it. Yeah. Um, so I felt you got to really fit inspired. it in when you can. And that's that's really hard for people to wrap their minds around. They're like, I could never get up that early. It's like, well, then you don't have to get up that early. It's yeah. it's yeah. it's not a priority for you. Then if that's the only time you can work out, it's the only time you can do cardio but you can't make yourself get up that early, then it's not a priority yet. I'm very big into that word yet. Doesn't mean it's never going to happen. It just means right now it's not a priority. Yeah. Take some practice too. I mean, it's not like I got up at 4 a.m. the first time and was just all hunky-dory ready to go. No, it was like, oh my Lord, um, we're doing this. And who are we? (laughs) At first it was like trying to get it like, just staring at the clock like, oh my gosh, is this 30 minutes ever going to be over? But then I found like, I started listening to y'all's podcasts and found a couple other podcasts to listen to. And it kind of goes quick now. Um, and having cats, if you don't know, they're very um, routine oriented. So whether my alarm clock goes off or not, I'm up at four and I'm doing cardio because Jean says that I got to do cardio at yes. four and, and also feed him. <laughs> pick up on those new patterns. If I sleep in now 15 minutes, my alarm now my wake up alarm, like actually get up out of bed alarm goes off at 3am now. If I sleep 15 minutes later, I have cats in my room. I'm like, y'all do realize most cats do not get up this early and eat. (laughs) Y'all realize that most cats like, like their owners don't get up this early. And here you are thinking you were so entitled that 15 minutes is just going to make you starve. Yes, Um, That's not how it works, but they seem to think, yeah, they're very, very routine oriented creatures works well for me though because i'm also very routine oriented <laughs> so am so I. it's fine you <laughs> know jinx walking all over me he's the biggest one too just walking all over me you know chirping at me it's time to get up time to feed me so yes. no i have a little bit of accountability even in my cat so that's great to have um <laughs> i'll walk out my door <laughs> we've got five of them and i'll have at least two of them sitting there and then the gray one kitten she's the one that knows my routine i go into the restroom, what I do, and she is there. She mm-hmm. will not walk out of the room until she knows that I'm ready. She's, it's, they are, they, they just pick up on our patterns. That's, it's hilarious. But no, mom, um, mom told me about you and introduced me to the Spartan bars. And uh, mom, you know, growing up, mom was always dieting. She was always eating good, you know, in, in healthy ways. You know, she was always healthy and eating nutritiously, not only to look good, but to feel good too. She did things on and off. Um, you know, she did CrossFit. She ran for a long time. Um, my dad, he's very active out on the farm. I was raised on a farm. So the whole term, you know, country strong, I think that definitely There's applies There's a lot to of me. activity, yes, that yeah. happens out on a farm. Because, you know, it's just me and my sister. So I'm, I'm the oldest. My sister's 26. Um, so I kind of like, I guess I was a little bit of the tomboy. Um, so I took on a little, you know helping dad build the the barn and, you know, bell and hay, muck and stalls, all that stuff that came with living on a farm. You know, we did that growing up. So I was 
country strong growing up. And then I kind of, you know, got into the gym. I guess I was like 17 or 18. And actually the first thing I did at the gym was Zumba. Are you serious? That was your, you as a tomboy. Yes. That's the first thing that you did. Yes. And And I I laugh at that because I too (laughs) was going to tomboy growing up and I, Zumba was like the least, the least likely class that I was going to take. Yeah, I um, I started going with a friend um, because I, you know, I did the work-based learning in high school. So my senior year, I would you know, go to school in the mornings and then mid-afternoon would go work. My dad was plant manager of a plastic injection and molding company at that time. So I would go work half a day. So that little break in between, it was like, oh, I'm going to go get McDonald's. I'm going to go get Crystal. So the college weight gain kind of came a little bit early for me and you know just seeing mom do all that she did it was kind of like it hit me and I was like you know I probably need to be a little bit active to some degree right now um so I started doing Zumba with a friend um and then it kind of you know we would start going early and then we would go to the weight room and that's when I was like okay I really like this part of it kind of ventured out of the Zoom and started lifting weights at fitness first in Calhoun you know when I was 18 um I moved away when I was 19. I moved down to Savannah, and I kind of kept up the fitness thing. I was working out in the apartment complex gym there. I didn't really know what I was doing. You know, it was like three sets of 10, same weight every week. You know, I didn't. It's the best, though. Yeah. Three sets of 10. Yes. Like, you cannot go wrong with three sets of 10. Yeah, I tell, uh, I'm a I'm a more for less type person, if you will. I'm, I'm a more weight for less reps all day long. Yes. But at that time, you know, I thought, you know, just I did unlimited ab crunches and all the all that good stuff um, but I've still found a way to be active down there um didn't really know what I was doing but I still tried to find that way to be active down there it wasn't until I moved home you know about a year and a half later I moved home and I started working for a gym and that's when it really hit me that I, I became obsessed with bodybuilding at that time um kind of started the whole Instagram thing and started looking into fitness people on Instagram and really liked what I was seeing. So I started using Instagram as a tool for my own accountability. And that's when I met Derek Gravett and I got into bodybuilding then. That is awesome. The way that I describe how I use social media is number one, the same way for accountability. Like I do like posting what I do. I like looking back into my archives and my stories. I post a lot in my stories. That's where I post most of my stuff. I'll post the highlights for sure, you know, on my actual, what is it called? My the actual page. Yes, whatever that's, whatever that part is called that you see when you first come mm-hmm. onto someone's profile. But the nitty gritty stuff is always posted in my stories. And then I'll use it to surround myself with like-minded people. Yes. So have you ever heard that term? You are the product of the five people that you hang around the most. Well, I don't know many bodybuilding people. Yeah. I don't know many bodybuilding women. So the best way that I can do that is to go to Instagram and find people that I resonate with. I love it when they post their transformations. I see where they started from. And I also listen to podcasts just like you do. And that helps me surround myself with the mindset of what you need to be successful in bodybuilding. Cause it's not just the aesthetic, right. like it, that's a big part of it, but the aesthetic is the reflection of the work you've done on the inside. Yes. And if you were all mucked up with lack of self-confidence with self-deprecating type self-talk, if you are comparing yourself to those other people, then it, it is going to reflect on the outside. So the more work you do on the inside, it just naturally shows on the outside. I mean, you just work harder. You pay closer attention to your nutrition. You remove things from your diet that and from your social circles that just aren't serving you. And all of that just makes room for more good stuff to show on your body. Like that's, that's what that is. Yeah, exactly. Um, I feel the same way. I I feel like Instagram can also be a little bit on the detrimental side. Mm -hmm. if You are constantly comparing yourself. So, I mean, I I highly encourage people to remove things that make them feel bad about themselves, but you can definitely use Instagram as a good tool to surround yourself with like-minded people and to like see, for me, it's getting new ideas, you know, for yes. my diet. And I watch a lot of JPG coaching. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but I love his content. Finding new workouts. Um, 
but I don't switch things up a lot, but I do like to add a little bit of variety here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Instagram is re- a really great tool if you use it the right way. Yeah, I agree. I agree because it can definitely go the other way. Yes. If, if your mind isn't right, so if it does make you feel bad or less than, definitely take a look at who you're following and be okay unfollowing some of those people. There's nothing in the rule book that says just because you followed them last week doesn't mean you can't unfollow them this week. Yeah, it's literally your Instagram. You you follow who's going to help you be a better person and make you feel good about yourself. Yeah. Don't let it be a, the opposite of that because it doesn't have to be that. No. But I remember when I first started looking into people on Instagram, the first, I mean, obviously Dana Lynn Bailey, mm-hmm. like, I, I loved her. She was the one of the first people I followed that I was like, man, that is just so cool to see somebody so strong and just, uh, she's just amazing. Um, but I followed Megan Elizabeth, um, rest in peace. She actually did pass away, but that was one person that I followed too. She was real and raw and she shared like, you know, the not so pretty side of things as well. Um, so she really resonated with me and I just remember being so impressed by her and Dana Lynn Bailey. And I was like, man. I just, I want to try to be like that. I, w- I want to be like that. I want to build muscle. I want to be strong. And Yeah, you are definitely one of those. You are one of those ladies who is not afraid to lift heavy. You're not afraid to tell other ladies to lift heavy. You're not afraid of putting on muscle. You're helping your sister. I'm watching your sister's transformation. You are inspiring her and encouraging her eat more, lift heavier, because that's a missing piece that ladies don't quite understand. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand it. I just thought that if you went into the gym, you lifted heavier, you were going to put on muscle, right? That's, that's a very small portion of the entire equation. Yeah. I don't think people realize how much it takes and how long it it takes to really put on a lot of muscle mass. Um, People are just so, enthralled with you know shrinking themselves like whereas if you really focus on getting stronger and focus on your diet like you know you can lose weight and you'll get down to the goal weight that you want to be and you're not the shape you want to be that's because you need to eat and lift weights and grow some muscle yeah now elaborate on that a little bit when you say focus on what you eat what does that mean to you um you're trying to put on muscle you're wanting to not put on body fat. I, I'm not even necessarily saying you have to take body fat off because we know the body recomposition can be difficult. It definitely takes some intentionality. But let's say you just want to put on some muscle. You don't want to put on any extra body fat. What does focus on your nutrition mean? This can directly relate to what Aubrey and I are doing right now with her. Um, you know, I think she was a little bit afraid of eating. and Because so, describe, we're going to back up just a second, mm-hmm. describe Aubrey's shape. Aubrey is amazing. She looks (laughs) so good. Um, Historically, Aubrey was into gymnastics and cheerleading. So she's always been like that lean figure, but she's always had the thicker legs and everything. So, I mean, I I wish I could get her to bodybuild. I I know that it's ultimately ultimately her decision, but I mean, she could get on stage as she is right now and probably place pretty well, especially like in the Roman or something like that. But, you know, Aubrey got down last year when I started working at workout anytime they had a body fat test, which, you know, it's not nearly as accurate as the evil that you guys have, but it was just a, it was a tool and a scale for us, you know, cause I've been telling Aubrey for a while, like you, you could eat more and you could really, cause she worked so hard in the gym and it was like, you know, she was in there and she was really pushing some weight. She's pushing more weight now because she's seeing what it's doing to her. And it shows. Yes. You can see it all in her thighs and she's gaining weight and all the right, gaining the muscle in all the right places while still maintaining that lean figure. But, you know, we came up here last year. We got her to do the the body fat test that was at workout anytime and she was 14.1% body fat. And I said, that would be okay if you were getting on stage next month. <laughs> but that's not something that's sustainable. It's, you know, she would tell me that, you know, if she's cleaning her house, she would get faint and feel weak at times. And I was like, just started honing in. I was like, if you eat more, just eat a little bit more. Like, that's not normal, sweet yeah. sister. That's yeah. not normal. So, like, I'm trying to show her that if she will eat more, she'll feel better. That's firstly the thing that I wanted for her was I wanted her to feel good. She's a cosmetologist, so she does hair all day long. She's got very minimal time. So I just started, I honestly started feeding her like I feed my fiance. You know, Mark's a big guy. He's six foot, 200 pounds. And I started feeding Aubrey like that. You know, the, the 
high calorie, high protein, small meals, like the really calorie dense, protein dense, smaller, like the RX bars and stuff. And And there is something to be said about that. So I've been working with a lady, she's 70 years old and she was having a hard time getting calories in for various reasons. And she was wondering why she wasn't able to put on muscle. And I would say to her, plant the seed about how much cardio she was doing. And you would have thought I was like ripping the lifeline rug out from under her. That's like someone telling me not to do cardio. Like I'm one of those weirdos that I love to lift heavy. I love to do cardio, but I also understand the more cardio you do, you're just bumping heads against what you're trying to do by building muscle. It's like, you've got to eat. If you're going to do the cardio and you're going to lift the weights and you want to put on the muscle, you've got to be able to eat to sustain all of that. Now for me, I don't do cardio to burn fat. That's not my main goal at this stage in the game. It's the endorphins. I do get a high off of it. I love it. And it's the same thing for this particular lady. So we just needed to get her eating more. So I took a look at her diet. I'm working with her as a nutrition coach now. And we just started at the basics and I took how much she was eating. And I'm like, all we need to do is get you eating more calorie dense food. That's all. She was eating fat free yogurt. Okay. No more fat free yogurt. She was eating chicken breasts. We're going to switch over to chicken thighs. We added avocado. We added drizzling olive oil on her vegetables. We really didn't change the foods she was eating. We changed the calorie density of what she was eating. And this woman in six weeks has been able to put on a pound of muscle. A 70-year-old woman, we were able to double her calories gradually. I didn't just throw her at 1,600 calories. She's a little lady too. But she was having a hard time even getting in 800 calories. She was lucky to get in 800 calories. And then she was wondering why she was feeling faint. It's like, you gotta, you gotta eat, you gotta fuel for your goals. Yeah, exactly. And you know, Aubrey, she goes into the gym and she works so hard. She doesn't do a lot of cardio. And just like you said, for me, like I do cardio for the endurance side of it to, to be better when I do lift weights. Um, And I don't, I preach to my clients too. don't use it as a, as a fat loss tool. Obviously it'll help to some degree, but if you're going to do cardio, let's do it. So it's going to make your endurance better in the gym when it comes to lifting weights. But from Aubrey's standpoint, you know, she'd go in there and she would just bust it and she'd work so hard. And, you know, I finally convinced her like, let's start gradually trying to get you to eat more. And she started gradually eating more. And the funny thing about Aubrey is she hasn't gained weight, but she's 18.4% body fat, I, I believe as of, I think the beginning of February. So like we brought her up 4% body fat which is great and she's absolutely put some muscle on and we're going to go through another you know four week period and I want to see how much more she's put on since our last scan um but it's I, I know she feels better I can see it and I know her performance is better in the gym because she is she's pushing weights that are getting close to me it's actually kind of scary we're very competitive and um, um. if she's pushing harder that means <laughs> I have to too because I'm supposed to be the strong one no I'm just kidding but I'm really proud of her because I know it's scary you know it's, it's one thing to be somebody who's overweight who wants to lose weight who wants to lose body fat but it's equally as scary to be somebody who's you know smaller framed and you know looking really lean and just to think that you're going to have to eat more food and what that's going to look like on you later on it is a true leap of faith it's terrifying I can only imagine how terrifying it was but you know she she trusted me and she trusted herself and she trusted herself in the gym and it's really paid off for her and she's definitely a testament it's, it's rare for me to get clients that are in that position where they want to gain weight right um so she's a great testament of me too like i'm i'm glad that she let me help her through it and you know she executed but she did use my guidance and i'm i'm really just so thankful that she listened it is a teamwork sort of thing with my coach i will thank him and thank him and thank him and he always throws it back to me you're the one that did the work and i'm like uh yeah but you kind of captained the ship yeah. <laughs> you, know, yeah. You, you gave me the tools because there's so many tools out there and there's so much, oh, there's so much chatter and there's so much of what you should do and shouldn't do. And we could probably do a whole other podcast on that Oh Lord, yes. of all the different rules and the shoulds and all the things. There is no right diet 
y'all. There no. is no right exercise program. It's what works for you and your body and what can you stick to. If you're constantly bouncing from one thing to another because it's what your friend lost 20 pounds on or you saw an Instagram influencer doing this particular exercise, if you keep bouncing from one thing to another, you're doing yourself a disservice. I mean, it's cool to test and figure different things out. Use it as data collecting of leading you to the thing that's going to stick with you because that's ultimately going to be the right thing for you. That's actually what I love about fitness and nutrition. There is no right way to do it. It just takes some time and patience to figure out what works for you. Yeah, that's what is hard, um, especially in the society we lived in, live in today. You know, you can go to Instagram and top in anything and have it at your fingertips right then. So delayed gratification is a hard concept for people these days because everything is just right there in our fingertips, right in our pocket, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. It's, it takes some trial and error and the, you know, there, there's so much information out there that it can be overwhelming, but you know, I preach to my clients, let's find sustainability. You know, if you're coming into the gym and you just hate doing this lift, let me know. Like there's a million other things that we could be doing that you love. Like I want you to come in here and love it so much that you want to come back. If you're coming in here and doing something that you don't like, how likely are you, how likely is it that you're going to come back? Exactly. Um, And same thing with food. Like if you're eating something that you don't like, how are you going to stick to that in the long term? What is something that is a typical, say, fat loss food, like something that everyone else can either stomach or like that you just can't? Is there a food that you're like, I can't do it? Yeah, and it's going to sound crazy, but I don't like eggs, and I can't do spinach. And eggs, both of those things, I, I was ruined with bodybuilding. Like eggs at all? Like egg whites, eggs well, in general? Now, I can cook with egg whites and eggs and stuff like that. And obviously, like, yeah, if it's on a, if it's smothered and covered and all right. that at the Waffle House, absolutely <laughs> I can eat eggs. Um, but when it comes to, like, eating them in a healthier way, mm-hmm. I just... I don't know. I can't do them anymore and I can't do spinach anymore, but I found ways around that. You know, there's plenty of food out there. There's plenty of other protein choices. Yes. Salmon is it for me. I can't do salmon. And that was on my very first meal plan with my nutrition coach. And I did give it a good shot. I gave it two weeks and I did eat it. And then he changes my food up every two weeks and salmon was on there again. And I made the mistake. Here was my mistake. I made the mistake of getting, I was getting the frozen salmon because again, I like you, I like salmon that's got butter and grilled and blackened and who knows, like I like it when someone else cooks it, who knows how they're cooking it. It's not what you're supposed to be eating, what I was (laughs) supposed to be eating, which is just plain salmon with some salt and some seasonings and I was doing just the frozen, skinless salmon. It was very easy to cook. My air fryer is wonderful. Oh, yes. Love it. We actually bought two. Yeah. We, we, I seriously bought a second one of the exact same one that we have because Keith had started using it. Mm-hmm. Now, Cooking in bulk, man, I'm telling you, like it, it, the air fryer does make it a little difficult to cook in bulk, but the air fryer, if you have not tried the air fryer, it will change your life when it comes to meal prep. Yes, it will. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you what else will change your life when it comes to meal prep is when your significant other decides he wants to use the same air fryer that you're using at the same time you need to use it. That will also change your life because then it will prompt you to go buy a second one of the exact same brand. So that's what I did. But I was cooking my salmon in there and it worked until I accidentally bought the salmon with the skin on. I can't do the skin on salmon. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. And it ruined me. And I was like, Doug, I can't do salmon. I can do everything else. I said, I promise you. And I'm sure he's heard this a lot. I'm like, I promise you, I will not get tired of chicken and turkey and whatever else you give me. I won't get tired of it. I said, but I got to have something else besides salmon. And you know what he told me? No problem. Yeah. Great. Let's try something different. Let's try something different. It's not this... He, he, he didn't sit there and say, well, if you don't eat this salmon, then we're not going to reach your goals. Like there's a lot of other protein sources out there and there's other fat sources. Cause I know that's why he was giving it to yes. me. It was a fat and it was a protein. Fine. We'll figure something else out yeah. here. Here's some chicken and avocado. 
boom, there you're you done. go. And you like it better and you can stick to it. I know. And that's what this is all about. Like, if you don't like it, try something different. You know, it's trial and error and finding what you like and something that you can sustain for the long term. Yeah. So what would you say is, because you're still, you're still young. You're still, you're still a spring chicken over here. And most, most people in their twenties are still, well, just depends because you're 28. Is that what you said? Yes, ma'am. So some people that are 28, they might be coming out of that phase in their life where they might've done some partying or they might've been eating a bunch of junk food. It, it doesn't sound like up to this point that you were eating a lot of the junk food or maybe you were, but I do know because we've talked about this and we've Mm -hmm. bonded over this and you've said you don't mind talking about this, which I'm super excited about because I haven't had anyone on the podcast that I can really truly talk about this stuff with, but there was a very toxic pattern of behavior in your nutrition that you have recently given up in the past year. And I would like to hear more about when that pattern started, when you realized that it was standing in the way of your goals and how you decided that that needed to exit your life. Well, that's what I was listening to um, Keith's interview with TK um, this morning, and he mentioned something about how your childhood, you know, shapes you into what you are as an adult. I just feel so silly because I can't blame my alcoholism on anything from my childhood because Isn't my that parents crazy? were so great and my family is so great. Like, like that's how it was for, I say, even though my parents were divorced, I had the best of being in a divorced kid situation. Like I really had nothing to complain about. I really didn't. Yeah. I I have no childhood trauma that should have led up to me, you know, struggling with alcohol. Um, I think that's what, you know, I'm always looking for answers and I'm like, well, why, why was I the way that I was? So uh, I've been into fitness for probably the past decade of my life. um, And I always partied, always drank. I was always the partier. You know, I'm in a band, so it was always like, oh, we're going to play a gig. It's time to party. You know, I, I loved partying, you know, different settings. You know, I had friends in college, and then I partied in Savannah, and then I partied when I got back. And then 2018, you know, I've been in, in and out of the gym that whole time, but 2018 probably is the, the the year where I was least active in the gym. And that's when I was, like, really bad off with alcohol. It was an everyday thing. I was trying to escape some emotions. And, you know, it was like, it was it was a cycle. It was like I would feel really bad about myself. And so I'd drink to make myself feel better. And then I'd feel even worse the next day. So right. I'd drink to make myself feel better from that. So um, up to this point, though, you were able to keep up the party and lifestyle. You were able to drink. You were still go to the gym. But something shifted in there where it was like yeah. the drinking started to... What's the word I'm looking for? It started to to overshadow yeah. the gym going. Yeah, and I look back on the last decade and I think, you know, and I'm not like I don't feel bad about my story, but it's like I could I could be in a different position now if I would have gotten control of it a lot sooner. Um but I think the turning point for me with alcohol was Last year, so actually Sunday was my anniversary of sobriety. I know. I got to see you on that day, which was super crazy. I'm sitting in the parking lot of Spartan Smoothies, and I'm sitting here making a post, and all of a sudden I see this car pull up, and it is the Gasaway family. (laughs) Yeah, so that was my... um, my anniversary of sobriety it's kind of crazy I can't believe that it went by that fast but I think for me the big thing was you know Derek called me up about this time last year I guess like the beginning of February in uh, 2022 and he said he needed somebody to come and help him at the gym that he could trust you know he wanted a, a good trainer and at that time I was like well hey you know I'll go do it let's try it and I loved it, and I, I'm a people person, so I really enjoyed the interaction. But I looked at myself one day, and I talked to myself a lot. If you don't po- talk to yourself in a positive way, sometimes, like, you're really missing out. Like, it's a great thing, but I, I talked to myself a lot, and I, I looked at myself in the mirror, you know, after I've been, you know, training for about a month, and I'm like, how are you going to tell these people how to live their lives so that they live their lives in the best way when you're not doing that for yourself? Like, you're you're feeling bad about yourself all the time. You're just in this deep rut. You know, you're going to the gym and you're telling these people how they should eat and, you know, work out and do all these things and do all these things outside of the gym, but you're not adhering to that yourself. That just, I I can't, 
tell these people and these clients how they need to live their lives if I'm not an example of that. Um, so it doesn't I, set well with you on the inside, on the outside, no. people are listening to what you're saying and they're like, okay, she knows what she's talking yeah. about. And, but there's that, there's that conflict on the inside yes. that only, you know, yes. And you know, it was, it was something I struggled with for a long time. You know, it, I'd cut it back to where I was, you know, oh, only on the weekends, only at band practice on Saturday night. So my brain forms neuro pathways very easily and habits very easily. So it was like, oh, band practice, oh, party. Oh, band practice, oh, party, you know? So it was like, even though I was limiting it to just Saturday nights, it was still an excessive amount. And I, you know, you start anticipating Saturday. You start anticipating the amount of emotional and mental energy that goes into moderating your alcohol use just isn't worth it. And you don't realize how much time and energy emotionally and mentally that you're spending moderating your alcohol use until you stop and give yourself space and then you're like oh and you know what it might have happened to you I know it happened to me when you create that space for yourself to just not let the alcohol enter into your life just give yourself some space you realize how bored yes yes and that's usually why a lot of people will go back to drinking because they can't handle the boredom because when you're bored you end up sitting with your own thoughts and you end up sitting with your own emotions and that is very uncomfortable that's what i was running from that's what i was running from i had a lot of um growing to do um so Basically, for me, you know, I, I had this realization. I mean, it was something I wanted to quit for a long time. I mean, even, I mean, back to when I was 17, 18, like, you know, I didn't want to do that then. I didn't want to do it all. The, the whole time I was, you know, rationalizing, I don't want to be this person. And then it would be, go, oh, party. I'm ready to party, you yeah. know. So it was, a, it was a big conflict within myself. Um, but I had this conversation with myself in the mirror. And I was like, you know, you can't. You can't, you got to lead by example. You know, these people are counting on you. This is going to give you some accountability in in your life. So let's try to start working on this. And actually what I'm thankful because it was, it was easier for me. Um, I feel like it was pretty easy. Um, We didn't have band practice one weekend and that's where it started. I didn't drink. I didn't even realize that I had not drank until like that Sunday afternoon. I was like, oh, we didn't have band practice. I didn't even drink yesterday. Like it was like. I remember being proud, like, this is the first Saturday I haven't drank in probably 10 years. Like, it was amazing. I felt so good. And I I remember the next weekend, I was like, well, I'm going to keep this up. Let's see what happens. Um, so the the guys that I'm in a band with, my dad is in the band with me. He's the bass player. I did so, not know that. Yeah, so I get, the, awesome. I get the fitness side with mom and Aubrey, and it's so great, <laughs> and I love it. But then I get the bonding time with my dad. That's so cool. And and honestly, the band is uh, a lot of fitness for me as well. My watch constantly goes off asking me if I'm running when I'm playing the drums. It's like, wow. are, are you going for an outdoor run? I'm like, nope, just playing the drums just tonight. Playing. But we, um, so we didn't have band practice and I didn't drink and I was super, super excited about it. The next week in Cameroon, we had band practice. My brain's like, oh, go get a pack of white claws. Like it's time to party. But I texted the guys. Dad already knew. I'd already had a conversation with dad and I texted all, all my guys that I've known my whole life. You know, they've been around my dad forever. So I texted them and I said, hey, I'm going to try not to drink tonight. I'm probably going to be the most awkward person in the world despite knowing you guys forever. So for me, it was more so busy hands. Like I, I didn't have a drink in my hand. So I, I felt like I was on Talladega nights. Like I don't know what to do with my hands. Um, so thankfully, I just like drummed the whole time. And I made it through that second weekend. And then I made it through the third and the fourth and six months later. I still hadn't had a drink. You know, I can only recall two times over the last year where it really kind of was like, oh, this is kind of weird. Like, I really wish I could drink right now. Mm-hmm. And they were at weddings when everybody mm-hmm. was drinking. And then yes. there was New Year's Eve. My band played a New Year's Eve gig. And I was the only one, basically the only one there that wasn't drinking. And so by the end of the night, I was a little bit like, oh, I'm ready to go. Like, let's go home because everybody else was ready to party. But um, aside from those two times, like it. It really wasn't super hard for me, and I'm really thankful that it wasn't. Well, during this time, I'm following you on Instagram, and I'm seeing your body composition changing before my eyes. And you use that as an opportunity to show what removing something toxic, in this case, it happens to be alcohol. Now, one of the things that I like to 
just put out there when I talk about sobriety and I talk about alcohol and I talk about removing it from my life, I like to remind myself and others that it doesn't have to be alcohol for you. It could be the brownies that you can't stop eating. It could be the... What else? I mean, <laughs> I always go to the brownies. I always go to the brownies because you can every Saturday night, it could be a, a pan of brownies. Like I know people that make brownies and then like they wonder why they're not reaching their fitness goals, their weight loss goals. It's because you have conditioned your mind that Saturday nights are going to be your nights to eat whatever you want or you go to a birthday party or because everything, everybody's celebrating something every single weekend, someone is celebrating something. So therefore you can't start anything because, well, there's so-and-so's birthday or there's so-and-so's wedding. And just here's a spoiler alert, y'all. There's always going to be something to celebrate. So you've got to be the person to stop the bleeding and you've got to be the person to stop it for yourself. Not stop the celebrations, just stop the overindulgence at these events. But I mean, it could be anything, whether it's alcohol, whether it's smoking, whether it's eating the brownies, whether it's harder drugs, Lord knows there are people out there that look just like you and me that are struggling with any of those things that I mentioned, throw on pill use on top of that. Mm -hmm. There is something that seems to be plaguing most people and nagging at them from the inside out and they want to look to someone else and listen to your story and say, oh, well, I'm not that bad because I don't drink. Well, maybe it could be something else. I don't like to put myself in this box. Yeah. So I'm like, this is just my own representation of the discomfort and the dis-ease that I had within myself. So it could be anything. Yeah, I mean, it could be, you know, sitting on the couch, watching TV, binging on Netflix for hours on end and not moving. I mean, it it can look like any, just take out the word alcohol and put in your own word of what you're struggling with. And then, you know, it'll paint the picture for you. But it was crazy what quitting alcohol did to me almost immediately. And, you know, I was just like you said, I was wondering, like, why am I not reaching my weight loss goals? Why am I not as lean as I need to be? It was because I was drinking excessively on Saturday nights and raiding my pantry after. Oh, yeah. And I remember those nights. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> raiding the pantry. And the funny thing is, it's like, I, I, I try to keep temptation out of my house, but I was binging on healthy things, just eating excessive amount of healthy yes. things. Like, yes. You know, three or four protein bars and like, you know, protein shakes and peanut butter, you know. So while I wasn't eating terribly, I was just eating way too much. And um, it was crazy because like, I, I guess like two or three months after I gave up alcohol, I dropped 30 pounds, like almost immediately. And like my, my body was just retaining all this extra body fat. And I just, it when I let go of alcohol, it just pretty much, it freed me up, I guess, basically, you know, at 30 pounds in a couple of months, it was wild. Like I'd never been that lean, never been that lean before. It was like, what do I do with this? I, I did. I, what do I do? Yeah. I, I felt. I mean, I was really proud and, you know, I was, I'm still really proud to say I've gone a year without it. But to, for me, you know, alcohol and my goals did not align and it had to go mm. at some point. Yes, I wish I had cut it out sooner, but now I have this story and this testimony to tell, you know, once I cut it out, my life changed, you know, from a physical standpoint, but also my relationships got better. You know, I've always been close to my family, always been close to my sister, but I've always been the bad kid, quote unquote, you know, the one that struggled with mental health problems and stuff like that. You know, I know Aubrey struggles with her own things, but, um, you know, I was just, I was the troublemaker kid and I'm closer now to my family than I've ever been. And that says a lot because we've always been close. Um, me and my sister have a really close knit relationship. Mine and March relationship is better. Like, I mean, everything, everything that in my life got better and it, it was amazing. better when you, when you just, when the water just becomes a little clearer, yes, the alcohol just cloudies up, muddies up yes. the water. And once that's removed and you understand through experience that you can sit in the boredom, it does pass. Yes. It is just like the weather. 
Yes. And I remind myself of that. And I need to be reminded of that. I need people to tell me when I'm going through my moods. Because here's another thing, and this is what I've had to get across to Keith and those very, very, very close to me that are around me during, well, let me just back up a second. The best part about living my single life is that nobody had to see my crazy (laughs) except for my kids, but I'm their mom. So I'm supposed to be crazy. So, you know, they're used to it. But when you bring someone else in and you start dating, when Keith and I lived apart, he didn't see the, what I call the crazy side. And that's just the over emotional side that I would numb with alcohol because I could be super, super, super happy. I could be super angry. I could be super sad. Whatever the emotion was that I was feeling to the nth degree, it could be calmed with alcohol always. And then I would just feel leveled out and I would feel quote unquote normal. Well, when I removed the alcohol and Keith and I move in together, we've got both of my kids. There's no hiding when I go through these uber emotional times and then he's a fixer and he wants to fix it or he wants to know what's wrong and I just want to hide I don't want to be around anyone because I don't want anyone to see that side of me I can't hide it and I finally just told him I was like look this is a moment that in the past I would have gone and bought a bottle of vodka and I would have drank that in order to level myself out just to look normal in front of you. And I don't do that anymore. So I'm just going to sit in my crazy and you've just got to witness it and it will pass. Sometimes I just go to sleep. I'll yeah. just take a nap. And then it it's like hitting the reset button. And I wake up and I'm like, look, you're still alive. <laughs> yes. Same, same here for me. It was definitely a, a coping mechanism for things I didn't want to face, but you know, since then I've learned to cope a little bit better. You mm-hmm. know? So it's all about how you cope with things and, and letting yourself just sit in your own crazy. Sometimes it's, you, yeah, you got, you, you have to, like you have to accept where you're at in the present. And like, I just try to feel all of my emotions. Like I'm upset right now. I, why am I upset? What do I feel like on the inside? And I kind of just try to like breathe through it. And then, I mean, it passes. You just got to give it a little bit of time. It'll pass. Breathing is a wonderful thing. I think people very (laughs) commonly, you know, don't, people don't realize how much like breathing will help you. I mean, that's honestly why people smoke. Um, The the breathing in of the, of the smoke and then exhaling the smoke is honestly a breathing technique. Now I'm not saying go do, don't go smoke cigarettes. I know what you mean. But the concept of smoking is that I think that's why people go smoke cigarettes when they're in a stressful situation. Um, So breathing techniques are actually really, really great for your mental health as well as people underestimate the value of the sun too and being outdoors and like getting that vitamin D and my mood this week is significantly better than it was last week. I don't know about what the weather's been like where you all listening are from, but here where we're from, I feel like it's been raining since November. Yeah. I feel like Kid Rock ain't seen the sun in three dang days. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was more like 10 days. (laughs) It's like the sun being out yesterday and it being a little bit warmer, like March, you were talking about how the energy for April is really just elevated and good for your family. For me personally, March has been that month. I just, I was at my shop early this morning before going to the gym. I walked out the the sun, the moon, because the moon was still out. (laughs) The moon was full and I just looked up and I just took a second and thought about where I've been in previous marches. And on this date, on this particular date, what what is the date today? Seventh. Seventh. Okay. So March seventh. Like I'll go back to March seventh, two thousand fifteen. Like I was still married, living in a very, very, very unhappy, toxic marriage. Had no idea that later that month I was gonna like things were just gonna drastically change for me. March of two thousand and seventeen. Later in the month, I had no idea that I was going to go through the worst breakup ever. Yeah. March 2018, the same date. I had no idea that I was just weeks away from meeting Keith. I like that part. The next year, same date, different year. I had no idea that 
I was just a couple of weeks away from taking my own last drink of alcohol. Like March just holds. And then I get excited because I'm like, well, what is this March going to hold? I have no idea. Mm -hmm. And it's really exciting just to know that you just don't know what the next week, the next moment, I don't know. And I know I just went off on a little tangent here, Mm -hmm. but it all started because of the sun. I just feel so much better in March, but last week wasn't good. Yeah. It was so freaking rainy. It was just awful. It was terrible. But yes, the sun makes a huge impact on our mood. Getting enough sleep, getting yes. your nutrition in, getting your movement in, all of that. Yeah, you can go to the gym and you can work out, you know, four or five days a week and do all that in the gym. But unless you're resting and recovering and eating a nutritious diet and getting some sunlight and getting your steps in, all those other little things that seem like they're, you know, the backside of fitness, um, those are actually the most important parts. They are. That's what grounds you. Yeah. And the fitness part is a reflection of that grounding. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Where are we going from here? I'm ready to take this wherever you want to go. So I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. Do you see competing in your future? Like we've thrown the word of bodybuilding around. People don't throw the word bodybuilding around. Just letting you know, (laughs) unless it's in the back of their head, that they might have an interest in competing. I didn't start even using the word bodybuilder until I knew it was in the back of my mind. I, I knew that I had some potential. And if you don't already know, you've got all the potential in the world. You already see it in your sister. So I I know that there might be something. Well, the reason I'm not going to do the Roman is because I probably would be up against you. And Whatever. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, you know, I, I body built in 2016. I did like a charity show. Um, I was, I thought the gym was the whole thing. Like it's not, um, there's, there's so much more to bodybuilding than people realize. Um, the mental aspect, the the discipline with your food. I mean, that's that's the majority of it. Um, so I did that show. I had a really good time. I met a lot of really great people. Um, you know, Mark did the Roman a couple times. I did not know he, that. Yeah, Mark. I think in 2017, Mark actually got second place in the class that he was wow. in. Oh, he's great at it. The only thing about Mark, and I'm going to say this because anybody who bodybuilds <laughs> knows, Mark is hairy, poor guy. So... <laughs> That was probably the biggest (laughs) challenge he had. Um, But as far as me bodybuilding, um, I did do that charity show in 2016. And that's when I kind of realized, like, this is more than I thought it was as far as, like, the mental and the nutritional side of it. Um, Because that's what gets people. Yeah. That's what gets them. It is. It's not the nutrition. It is not the fitness aspect of it. It is. It's the mental part. And that's part of the reason. I was told back in October, no, sorry, I was told back in August that I could compete in October by a few people. And I was like, I may look physically like I could do a prep right now, but I'm not mentally there. And I'm not going to do anything if I'm going to feel, I have a very low tolerance for misery, (laughs) very, very low tolerance for misery. So I'm not going to make myself any more miserable than I need to. And I'm definitely sure as hell not going to make the people around me any more miserable than I need to. So my mental had to be there. And then I also had to know that my mental wouldn't always be a hundred percent ready, but that the bodybuilding was going to take me the rest of the way. That was going to be my opportunity to strengthen that mental muscle. Yeah. Um, for me, like, you know, I, I love the idea of compete. I love Everything about the idea of bodybuilding until it comes to getting on stage. That tan, um, I, I let, I'm cool with being the center of attention. I mean, like I'm in the band and you don't, it's not often you see female drummers. So, I mean, I get a lot of attention off of that and I thrive off of that type of thing. But, you know, the when it comes to bodybuilding, I know that 
the class I would want to do, I would want to do figure, but I know I'm a little bit on the more muscular side. So I probably have to do a physique class and that requires a whole routine and the posing. People don't realize how much goes into posing. It is. It's a lot. And I'm telling you that sometimes posing can be harder than the workouts you're doing. Like cramps. Oh my God. Real cramps. I'm telling you. Okay. So I didn't know about the cramps. Um, Thanks for letting me know. Uh (laughs) Wait till you start dialing your water back that last week. (laughs) That last week when you dial your water back and you're practicing your posing the cramps are ooh, but the posing is definitely one of the hardest parts of bodybuilding i had said i didn't want to be learning how to meal prep during a prep right i didn't want to be learning i mean i already had the training down i really wasn't sure how the training would change going through any kind of prep but the exercises are still the same just the, the rep ranges and the sets change so that i can handle I wanted the posing to be the missing piece. Like I felt like that I could work my way through whatever mental struggles, the meal prep, it needed to be second nature. I am not learning how to meal prep during a prep. Oh, definitely not. The posing, if that's going to be the challenge, then so be it. Yeah. And then you just inform me about cramps. Well, uh, we, you still have a lot of time. I mean, if you're, if you're planning on trying to do a show like over the summer, then you definitely have plenty of time. But to me, that was the hardest part was the posing and the eating and everything other than the gym was hard about bodybuilding. You know, I'm with you though. I, if I get my mental state into a position where I feel like I can, do it then absolutely I, I i would love to do something on a more competitive level i think you know that you know two or two and a half years ago i was trying to get into powerlifting. um was trying to put up big numbers like i mean you putting up those big numbers it's just like man that's so cool so fun to watch that's what i love about powerlifting. yes that's, i love it god you, it's so cool it really is it really is don't give me anything oh sets of sets of sets of 12 and 15 just they just kill me mentally. Yeah, get out of here with that 25. Oh, my gosh. I'm good. I'm good Right on now that. in my program, I have several sets of 20, and I'm like, I feel defeated before I even go in. I don't even <laughs> know if I can count 20. that high in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> and it's weird when you, like, that is something I told, you know, Mark. I tell people, like, you know, Mark, you you count differently when you're in the gym. Like I'll do sets of 10 to 12. Um, but I count my sets of 12. I'll count to six and then I count to three twice. Like why do, I don't know why. I don't know. When I have a set of 15, I'll do five and then I'll be like, okay, first five down. Yeah. And then another five. I'm like, okay, you just got five left. And when I get to the 12, I'm like, okay, you're at 12. Like you might as well just get to the 15. Like, yeah. Yeah. Whatever mental games we have to play with ourselves in order to finish the set, we do. Absolutely. And I mean, even with cardio too, you know, you get 10 minutes in, all right, I'm a quarter or, you know, a third of the way there. Oh, 15 minutes. Oh, I'm halfway. We got I know. This. Like you got to cheer your own self on because no one else is going to do it for you. And people seriously cheer yourself on be your biggest fan be your biggest supporter it all starts within you it really does it really does so if there's anyone who is just starting out on a fitness journey on a weight loss journey on a muscle gain journey let's just say someone who's starting out on a wellness journey what would be your biggest tip for them getting started start um, I think, you know, we all started, we, you know, regardless of what our goals were when we set foot in the gym for the first time, regardless of what the circumstances were when we set foot in the gym for the first time, the thing that everybody in that gym has in common is that they did it for the first time. They started for the first time. Um, so I think, you know, people that are new to the gym can find comfort in the fact that everybody that's there started at some point and was new to it at some point. People remember the first time they picked up a weight. People remember the first gym they went to, like we all started. And I think that that's the kicker right there. Just, just start. You might not know everything you, I mean, this, I'm still learning things every day. I, I, too. I, yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome. It, Cause yes. there's no ceiling to this stuff. That's yes. what I love. It's never finished. No. And it's constant reading, research, trial and error, you know, trying new things. Um, but if you're somebody who's trying to go to the gym for the first time, start. And don't, to me, when I see people in the gym, like, 
I don't care what you're doing. I'm just glad to see you there. Exactly. I'm happy to see you there working on your health and your fitness goals. Um, so, you know, for people that are intimidated by what others are thinking of them in the gym, I can pretty much tell you that they're probably either thinking really, really positively about you or they're not thinking about you at all. Exactly. So, I mean, a lot of times it's the latter. Yeah. We're so, especially just depending on where you catch us in our workout. We're so focused on what we're doing. Someone could walk into the gym and I wouldn't even see them until they walked back by. And I'd be like, I didn't see him walk in. There's times that I have looked up and Keith is on the elliptical and I didn't even see him walk in or walk back by. That's how focused I am. Yeah. Most of the time people are so, you know, enthralled in their own workout that they're not paying attention to anything else that's going on. So I can assure you that if people are watching you, it's because they either really like what they're seeing and what you're doing, or they're clapping for you to be there. Like everybody I see, I'm just like, I'm so glad you're here today. Like it's a community thing. Um, and you'll eventually make friends. And if you're not sure what you're doing, ask somebody who looks like they know that could be your opportunity to make friends there. But my biggest piece, just start, just go do it. You're not going to have all the answers right now. You're not going to know what you're doing right off the road. Michael Jordan wasn't good at basketball. He actually got cut from his all-star team Isn't at some crazy? point. Yes. So you're not going to be a Dana Lynn Bailey, your first time in the gym, just like you're not going to be as good as Michael Jordan when you play basketball. You know, I don't know if we ever really would be as good as him, but <laughs> just the, the fact of the matter is like, just go and start somewhere and do it for the first time and just keep consistent with it. Give yourself time. Remember that it is a delayed gratification process. You can't expect to see results tomorrow, but if you keep consistent, if you'll give yourself at least like three months, like you will see change if you keep consistent. Yes. All those days just add up. Yes. All right. Well, Katie, thank you for coming. Thank Thank you you. for coming and hanging out with me. And I am going to see if I can figure this, this music out. I swear if y'all, if y'all only knew, if you only knew the struggles that I go through trying to figure this music out that Keith has figured out just like that, (laughs) um, we're going to, we're going to sign off and we'll see y'all next week.